The Fontenelle Final Bell Podcast is presented by Fontenelle Hybrids. The solutions you need, the relationships you trust. KRVN was founded on the need for great weather reporting, so we keep our eye on the sky to bring you up-to-the-minute developments presented by Skeeter Barnes, the best beef and barbecue around, with locations in Kearney and Columbus, and by American Family Insurance, serving Lexington and Kearney. When weather becomes a threat, you need a fast response, and you get it. On air, social media, on our app, and on time. Keep it right here for weather, the Rural Radio Storm Center, and 880 KRVN. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Sam Hudson joins us with Corn Belt Marketing. And interesting time, Sam, that we are in because there's a lot of uncertainty within this market trade. And it's almost even hard. Luckily, we get to talk after the markets have closed. But there's just from moment to moment, you have a discussion. You may look at the markets thinking it's going to go one way. And something gets said, something gets tweeted, something gets discussed on the floor. And boom, things have changed. Yeah, and, and you're dealing with that that factor on many fronts, uh, and, and really in several different markets too. I mean, the beans, you know, most prominently, obviously, we're still dealing with this ongoing trade war with China. Uh, over the last 48 hours, we've seen conflicting reports about some, you know, positivity and them coming back to the table for negotiations. And then the opposite end of that is, uh, you know, your Trump and the White House in general, you know, standing pretty hard on their commitment to potentially increase tariffs on 200 billion to 25 percent from 10 percent. Uh, you know, initially the debate is even if they did that, you know, what's the difference? Well, you know, you could drive our U.S. prices down a little bit more, but we've obviously seen that world buyers are willing to step up uh, when there's some arbitrage there, or at least an opportunity to pick up, you know, well-priced beans compared to where China needs to buy them. Uh, and long-term, you know, we're obviously dealing with this weather forecast. And today the fireworks are really in the wheat market after the Ukraine uh, put out a, a news headline that they were considering more or less placing, you know, export taxes or bans on its wheat exports. Turns out that headline was maybe a little misconstrued or maybe poorly uh, poorly advertised, probably more than anything. Uh, so you had wheat go from you know basically limit up to uh, you know a higher close still, but well off the highs. And, and like I said, you got corn kind of caught in between. And the weather forecast, honestly, for the next 10 to 14 days, could be very pivotal, in my opinion, on whether we end up you know above trend yield or you know slightly below potentially. There's a lot to read in between the lines as you talk about that that headline and how it can be misconstrued from one person to the next and how quickly it had an effect on the markets. Yeah, but, you know, and, and, you know, again, if we're competitive, too, you know, it, it just is going to amplify things. And it's interesting how all this has played out, because if you didn't have the trade war going on, I think it's very easy to be quite, you know, relatively bullish these grains, especially knowing that right now it seems to be, at least in my opinion, a stretch to think we could be above 180 for a national average on corn yield. Uh, and I've been looking at, you know, a situation with this wheat market for the last home more or less a year, thinking that if we are able to forge a long-term bottom in wheat, you know, keep in mind how few acres we're planting of that in the U.S. And when you look at our world wheat stocks, we have to remember the large portion of that. And, and it's true in the corn stocks as well that China holds a pretty good uh, portion of that. And unless they're going to put those, you know, supplies onto the market, you almost have to carve that out. And, you know, even if you send wheat back to, you know, above $6 a bushel or something because we're competitive again and the world has to come after our carryout, how many million acres a week could we put back into production? Where do the prices need to be in relation to that? And keep in mind, if beans stay suppressed, maybe you rob some acres there and it kind of creates a, an acreage battle. And I think without the trade war going on, I think that's you know, potentially really optimistic on these grain prices. And you talk about that global Western Europe continues 
to deal with some very, very hot temperatures that they're not used to having to deal with. Yeah, and, and, and you know, we've, we've kind of noted this throughout the year that they've been dealing with this off and on. And it's been kind of building, and just over the last 10 days, you know, with some more heat and continued dry conditions coming in, it, it seems comparable to us. I realize we're not in a disaster situation. This is not 2012 out here. But we've been seeing, you know, the dry areas really centered in, in Missouri, if you want to say that, kind of flare up off and on. When we miss the rains, it flares back up again. When we catch a little bit, it, it mitigates it for a short term. Um, but at the end of the day, if we put the heat and no rain onto this thing into the end of the season, I think you're taking a lot of this high-end stuff uh, away on the, from an opportunity standpoint and, you know, dragging down the national average. And I think they're just getting to that point where it's pretty much turned into that. And even though the Ukraine thing, you know, turned out to be somewhat null and void from an export ban or, uh, you know, taxes or whatever, I, I think it at least is a warning shot to the market to say, you know, this is the situation they're in. And, you know, undoubtedly you could end up seeing that down the road here depending on how bad it gets. You know, it just it blows me away. I, I saw some pictures uh, shared just the other day from producers in Missouri would have been kind of northeast of 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 St. Joe, that kind of area. And it was it was sickening. I mean, one producer in a picture he posted said it's it's time to start harvesting my my corn. And it's, it's not even August yet. Yep. Yeah. And that's the thing. I mean, you're August 1st here uh, or 2nd. And, you know, the way a lot of these crops are maturing, it's just too early. And we knew we were ahead of schedule and we know these, these varieties can take a lot more. But at the end of the day, you still need something. And, and again, we're still not looking at a disaster situation, but you're going to have areas in West Central Illinois right here anyways, where if we don't catch something soon uh, or see a change, uh, dramatic change pretty soon. You know, the 270 and 300 bushel corn yields that you were seeing within fields. I mean, we had whole farms do 260, 270 last year. Well, if you're 40 bushels under that, who's going to make that up? And I'm not saying Illinois can't be a little bit better than last year, but the increase there that's needed compared to where these fringe states are and some of these other areas, in my opinion, is just a lot to outweigh. So curious, why hasn't it been talked about extensively yet in the marketplace? Is it because of the unknown as to what's going to happen this next month of August? I think part of it is, you know, no one really wants to put very much uh, stock in these condition ratings after last year. And, you know, it's almost like everyone's just going to assume this stuff is bulletproof. And this year, it almost seems like the opposite could happen. Whereas last year, you know, ratings were very poor. Everyone was, you know, terrified Southern Iowa was just going to be a zero. And lo and behold, everything turned out to be okay. And then those ratings were window dressed into the end of the season quite dramatically. And you almost wonder if we can kind of stay on a normal rating. And then at the end of the year, we see the opposite effect of that. So it's really just the math. It doesn't add up to me. Um, and, and I think that's the risk going forward. And again, if we get... Uh, if Des Moines 80 instead of 100, which is what some of the forecasts were indicating even just uh, you know 36 hours ago, and we get some rainfall in here, then that could really change things dramatically, and uh, and therefore we should expect that you know at least a decent crop. I think the short-term risk for corn season is the fact that we've got the September contract that needs to go into delivery here at the end of the month, and if we don't get any bullish optimism from the USDA in an August report, which it's really hard to bet on that as early as it is, that they'll really take a hard stance one way or the other. Uh, you got this old crop that still needs to come to market. Basis isn't telling you that you know things are incredibly tight in that regard, and I think we got to get over that little hump here. Uh, and it may be September before we can see a, a bigger spark unless this wheat market just continues to go straight up. Lots of stuff to digest. We'll stick around, folks. We do have more of the Fontenelle Final Bell coming up here in just a moment. Sam Hudson joins us with Corn Belt Marketing. You are listening to the Rural Radio Network.
Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Sam Hudson joins us with Corn Belt Marketing. We're going to dive a little bit more into the grain complex before we head over to the happenings of this livestock trade today. Corn market, are they going to continue to kind of go in tandem with what's been happening in the wheat contracts? Yeah, I think as long as the soybeans don't catch any negative headlines here in the short term. Keep in mind, we do have a crop report on, on August 10th. So the markets at some point here aren't going to want to get too far from par from where we've been unless there's a, an event to you know cause for that. Like if we do get, you know, 100 degrees and dry next week, um, you know, I think we try to level off here. But, the, you know, what we talked about in the first half is, you know, this, this European production problem and the timing of it and the fact that you got world corn and wheat stocks really – at historical lows right now demand is screaming our, our price is still you know cheap enough to where you know we're the main destination for corn we're the cheapest feed grain in the world u.s corn is so it's hard to really want to short that in a big wave in the long haul um but again we've got to get through deliveries we still got to see you know harvest of this year and see where we're going to be at from uh from a yield standpoint but i think you have to plan for the the fact that wheat is going to need some demand rationing and six dollar you know board of trade wheat i think you're starting to do it there but you could do that all the way up to seven bucks. And I think what the job of the market is to do is find a range for that European wheat so that the U.S. can fill any holes along the way. And I think you just expect a lot of volatility there. But it's going to support, um, you know, the idea that corn doesn't have a lot of downside, especially if we can't bank on a 180 plus yield like we could maybe four weeks ago. Are we going to continue to see some renewed selling pressure for the soybeans? Uh, you know, I think it seems like no one in the market really wants to take a hard position on this thing right now because of how volatile the headlines have been. Um, you know, I think you got to look at the daily chart and realize how far off the lows we are and the things that are still uncertain moving forward. And again, you know, as I mentioned on the corn, what are the odds that the USDA is going to give us anything bullish for a beanial at an August report? I just can't see him going, you know, much of one way or the other. If anything, by default, maybe slightly higher just because our ratings have been good and we still got time to improve that bean crop if we have rain. Um, so at the end of the day, you know, we got to look at our exports. You know, they're, they're great for corn. Uh, we're probably going to continue to add uh, demand in these subsequent reports. And for soybeans, it's hard to see increased demand. If anything, you know, continued cuts. But I think we've, you know, the market has shown that the demand is going to come on breaks. And I think for corn and wheat, it's almost risky that they get too cheap here in the short term. Let's go over to the livestock side, Sam. And I want to start with the hogs because, as you, you put it so well, it's sickening. Uh, Mike, you know, you think about these producers trying to market on a daily basis and looking at these markets and wondering why and how. Yeah. Because there really isn't a why or a how at this point. No, and, and you know we know how much money flow affects things. Um, and it would seem to me on the hogs, you know, we've continued to see these gap lower open, some selling. But if you look at the daily chart, yeah, we've been easing lower. But it seems like that momentum has really, really been curtailed here over the last week or so. Uh, you need a catalyst. If you get it in here, I think you could really run that market maybe back up to even, you know, 55, let's say, for October. Uh, which would be about a five and a half dollar rally from here, and if you can exceed that, I, I wouldn't rule out still maybe being able to challenge a 60, uh, 60 or sixty one and a half or something here. But we look at the you know cash index, we continue to just gradually work our way down, and it just seems like everyone on the front half of this thing is just puking. Uh, and until that's done, until these belly prices can stabilize, I think you're just going to continue to see much of the same, unless there's a reason, uh, be it trade trade wars or a resolution there to turn the tide. So what do we do as a producer? How do we how do we market? in these extremely volatile times that the pork producer is dealing with? 
Uh, well, I, I think anytime you're forced into making a decision, it, it's usually not a good one. And I think if you are forced into that just because of the cash situation that's at hand, if stuff has to move or whatever, you've got to be able to back yourself up on, on, on the reverse side of that so that if there is an immediate recovery for whatever reason there is, you can at least participate in that. And then if you do, you know, see the recovery and, you know, your, your margins on the forward curve are there, you've got to just start locking that in and, and still providing yourself some sort of upside. Uh, but be guarded in, in, in the sense that it, times are so uncertain. You don't know what the news headline is going to be tomorrow, and it could take that profitability away quite quick, quite quickly. And I think that's something to consider even with this corn market for harvest delivery bushels. Uh, it's great to be optimistic long term. You know, I would have that opinion, but you can't hold the crap forever. You don't want to pay storage forever. Uh, we don't know how high wheat's going to go or high, how, how high corn's going to go just yet. Um, and just be on guard there. Looking at the cattle, are we going to just kind of see it? watching the money move around until we get some sort of confirmed cash trade yeah i think that's what we've been seeing you know uh feeders you know for no you know apparent reason the other day you know trading towards the lows and then just get a huge burst off the lows and and you know we're developing a trading range if you look at this august contract between 155 basically and 148 Unless we see some cash trade that drives the market uh, from there, we're basically going to try to converge this market. You have the cash index at 149, 149 and a half in there, and the futures at 151. So we're not too far from that. Uh, and and I really think things can get maybe a little more aggressive on cash into next week. I think these uh, you know packers may try to hold off a little bit more until they have to get something bought. And it's just the same uh, game of chicken that we see you know play out. It seems like uh, week after week, month after month. All right, lots to think about in today's Fontenelle Final Bell. Sam, what's the best way for folks to reach you to, to get more information? 800-655-3380 would be a great number to reach us or www.cornbeltmarketing.com. And, of course, follow them on social media as well on Twitter. It is the Fontenelle Final Bell being brought to you by Fontenelle and all your Fontenelle dealers right here on the Rural Radio Network.